Um, I already have at least one pun prepared for today. Oh, it's standing. Okay. <laughs> uh, I think so. Um, I'll have to check the bylaws and make sure that it's allowed mm -hmm. um, in the course of uh, what part of the meeting we should have sure. it in. Well, I'm putting it on the agenda now, so. <laughs> yes. Um, perhaps we should start with uh, with roll call. Um, Katie Leibman? <laughs> Present. Max Leibman? Max? Max Leibman? Oh, oh, wait, that's me. Yes. <laughs> um, I do have one other um, meeting joke uh, before we before we. I'm glad we're begin. starting with the, uh, with is... the basics here. Yeah. <laughs> well, my Parley Pro is kind of rusty, so I'm, I might have all this wrong. Um, no, I did want to say too. I have some old business. Very good. Some follow up. Also, also known in podcasting as follow up. Yes. Um, <clears throat> specifically, uh, in the after show last week. Um, I spent basically 10 minutes bitching about Moleskine and bullet journaling. Um, and when I was putting together links for the uh, show notes, I stumbled upon the site um, by a, a designer named Ryder Carroll, who is the originator of bullet mm -hmm. journaling, um, which I believe is bulletjournal.com. Um, in any event, it'll be in show notes again this week because I'm talking about it again. I just did want to mention briefly that having looked through some of his site, I will say that uh, as the originator of bullet journaling, I don't think Ryder Carroll is a bad person, and I don't think his system is quite as bad as I was making it out to be last week. Um, the specific phenomenon that I was talking about is more um, sort of the same way that we, we talked when we talked about Inbox Zero way mm -hmm. back when about how the term has kind of gotten out of control. You know, it's it's moved well beyond the intent and meaning of its originator, Merlin Mann, uh, kind of the same way bullet journaling, you know, and, and on the site, you know, writer Carol does say, you know, use it, use it however you want. You know, you can customize it, take the parts that work for you, sure. et cetera. But it's kind of gotten out of control and become very fiddly. Um, and actually in a video we might talk about today uh, that Merlin Mann did on meetings, during the Q&A, he says something about, you know, making taxonomies for tasks and how, you know, your to-dos are things that you aren't looking for clever ways to contain. Your to-dos are things you want to get done and right. get rid of. Um, and, and I think bullet journaling, and I, I linked to a couple good examples of answer keys or, or, or bullet keys that have, you know, 15 to 25 items mm -hmm. on them. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of this, uh, <laughs> this preciousness about all these little symbols that we can attach to the items on our lists um, – is is very counterproductive, and I stand by my vitriol <laughs> towards that. Mm -hmm. um, but bullet journaling, as as Mr. Carroll intended, I think might actually, I, I you know, it's not it's not the system that I use, but I can see some some sanity and logic <laughs> in it. Yeah, no, that's what I heard too. That y your concern is more about when those things get confused for effectiveness, um, where doing mm -hmm. the journaling and all the fiddling is mistaken for making the work more effective when it's not right. Um, no, so exactly. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. If there's, if there's 20 possible symbols that you could write next to a task to let yourself know later, like where it went or what was done with it or what its status is, uh, <laughs> you don't, you don't really need to know where it went or where its status is. Your symbol for you know, that your... practice would be a frowny face. Yeah, you're. Yeah, exactly. Um, I've I thought about that too in in the interim since last week about making my own bullet mm -hmm. journal key, and I'd have smileys and frowny faces yeah. and 
you know, mm-hmm. draw all kinds of little pentagram, meaning that this is the project from hell. <laughs> Mine would probably be snarky too. <laughs> so <laughs> side note about symbols. Um, after class the other day, <clears throat> I told my students that if they had questions about comments I had written in the margins of a short piece of writing, they'd just turn in. They could come ask me for clarification because, of course, I don't assume that they always know what I mean. Um, so a number of people mm-hmm. stopped by and wanted to know exactly what I meant, um, which is fair. Um, <laughs> one student, it was a comment that was sort of funny but sort of serious. Um, a student had revealed that they at first had wanted to approach a situation and sort of ignore the rules or, or make a decision just so that this person would look better. So it was a, sort of a mm-hmm. admitting being flippant about something. And so <laughs> I wrote retro, <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> and then in the next line when the student said, but that's not what I did. Instead, I did this so that these things would come out better, whatever the situation was. Then I put good smiley face. <laughs> but she wanted to know what I meant by retro. <laughs> I'm not passing judgment on your life. I'm just sort of, you know, giggling along with you. Like, oh, don't we all sort of think that way? Uh-oh, you know. Um, mm-hmm. sometimes yeah <laughs> what did you mean by <laughs> this good. and i look and it's retro mm-hmm. um <laughs> retro is retro <laughs> mm-hmm. yes so that's my my uh student assessment bulleting i guess excellent I retro them when necessary <laughs> <laughs> i like it um do we have a motion to close old business uh so moved and also with you You are listening to Priority, a podcast about choices, limitations, and getting stuff done. Priority is hosted by Katie Leibman and her brother, Max Leibman. That's me. Today's episode is entitled Gavel, Gavel, Gavel. For complete show notes, including links to anything we discuss on the podcast today, visit us online at priority.fm slash 32. Okay. Um, yeah, I didn't really make any notes about where to start. Um, really, all I did is I looked at a couple of Franklin Covey meeting planning forms and I watched the oh, video. Meeting planning forms. That sounds yeah. Intense. I don't know if we'll talk about okay. them or not. They might come up. Fair enough. Uh, it just it occurred to me like you know this is part of my background. I I may as well make sure I'm <laughs> up to speed on very it good. I bring it yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah, I have I have a couple of David Allen quotes, um, and some other stuff that occurred to me while I was washing the dishes about ten. Just minutes another ago. day in um, the life, huh? Yeah, yep. pretty much, pretty much. Yep, yep. Well, I think this will work out nicely then, because as per usual, you have the actual professional background, and I have a current problem that I would like us to talk about and solve on the show. <laughs> oh, okay, great. Not so much a problem, um, but yet again, in which Katie uses priority to uh, figure out her life. Um, yeah, so just this morning, I asked the driver of a meeting that I'll be attending tomorrow for the agenda. I Mm -hmm. continued to collect information so that I might schedule um, what's going to become a weekly meeting with my writing center staff. Um, Yeah. And I too re-listened to um, a talk by Merlin Mann about meetings. Mm -hmm. Yes. So all these things are percolating for me. Very Mm -hmm. good. 
Um, maybe that would be, uh, you, we don't have to, um, recapitulate it in great detail, I think. I think some ideas from it will probably come up as we go along, but, um, I'll mention for the listeners one particular item in show notes worth checking out this week will be a talk called, uh, Broken Meetings and How You'll Fix Them by Merlin Mann, um, which I believe he gave at Twitter, uh, several mm-hmm. years ago. Um, it's available on Vimeo, and uh, I, I've watched slash listened to it this morning, uh, as Katie just mentioned she did. And I do recommend it. It's it's pretty good. Like, if you're only going to spend an hour on this topic this week, um, listen to our show. <laughs> Don't bother with the video. But uh, if you've got a couple hours, I do recommend Merlin's video. It's it's very good and uh, has some, some funny bits and some good ideas and um, also some amusing slides. Mm-hmm. And how... Yeah, so what, um, when I proposed meetings as a topic, um, where did your brain go? What sort of value were you thinking about? Um, well, actually, <laughs> the, the thing that first popped into my head was this talk um, by Merlin <laughs> because uh, it's, it's, you know, like I said, it's, it's a pretty good one. Um, it has some good thoughts about it. But more generally, one thing that occurred to me is, um, I, I still don't love meetings at work. Uh, I still feel better about a day when I don't have many or any of them scheduled than one that is booked solid with them. Mm-hmm. But I gotta say, meetings are not professionally a problem for me the way that they used to be. And that's one of the first things huh. I thought of. Um, at, a, at a previous kind of corporate job where I was, you know, similarly at a similar level and, and, um, it was, I was at least at a similar, similarly sized location. Um, although it's a, a kind of different scope of company, um, you know, meetings were, were kind of rampant, uh, even, even for me in a fairly technical role, um, not particularly, you know, it, my work was divided up into projects, but I wasn't in client services. I wasn't a project manager. Mm-hmm. Um, I was kind of tangential to a lot of project teams. Like our, our group had work year in and year out, no matter what was going on in terms of client projects. Um, and so I, uh, but there I got sucked into a lot of meetings, um, that ran the whole gamut from being very well planned to, to, you know, we're having this meeting because the, the project template says there should be a Mm -hmm. meeting here. Um, you know, and from, from extremely well prepared and we knew the agenda and the project manager came in with, you know, here are three things that affect your group that you need to know about this project and you need to let me know right away if any of these are a problem. Mm-hmm. To we just go over the basic specs and there are three or four things that are going to be like deal breakers on this project, but I'm not going to mention them here. I'll remember them a week from now <laughs> and email you about them, um, mm-hmm. you know. Where I am now... Um, you know, and I'm not, I'm not just blowing smoke because I know I've said this before about the email culture. You know, the job I'm in now, the email culture is pretty good in that I don't get a lot of email. People don't just email mm-hmm. for the sake of emailing. They don't CC the entire company on mm-hmm. things um, that don't pertain to the entire company. Uh, I, I get a decent amount of email. Like if, if I ignore it for a week, <laughs> I've got a problem. But uh, it's, not, it's not even a question about whether or not I can keep up with it every day. Um, you know, I absolutely can. And the only times I don't, it's it's generally either I've been out of the office or I am making a choice to do other things and ignoring it, mm-hmm. you know, at my own yeah. peril. It's it's not taking hours and hours a day. Similarly, meetings where I work now, um, and this is one best practice, I think, with meetings is, you know, don't have them when you don't need them. <laughs> Wait, um, what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have that many to mm-hmm. go to in a typical week. 
Uh, and I'm not, I am not the most important person in the company. You know, there are certainly managers higher up in the org chart than me and project managers and other people who have tons mm -hmm. of them. Um, but in my experience from the projects I've touched and the other departments I work with, like people don't just call a meeting, mm -hmm. uh, because they want to, they want to hash some issue out. Um, I've had, I think in the year and a half I've been there, I've had two like last minute, we have an issue we need to discuss kind mm -hmm. of meetings. Um, you know, and recurring meetings, like, like there's a, for my, my division where there's like, you know, 70 odd people arranged into different departments and teams. We do have a, a recurring all hands meeting, but it's only once a month and it never takes the full mm -hmm. hour. You know, people are, and, and, and there's, there's a, a kind of, you know, one of these cultural things, um, and culture is a big part of how meetings work. Mm -hmm. There's a cultural thing here I like a lot, which is at the close of every meeting that gets done early, which is a lot of them that I'm in. Um, if we are done early, the manager will generally say, and here's 15 minutes back in your day. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, kind of everybody sort of tacitly acknowledges that, that meetings are taking us, you know, even if they're important, they take us away mm -hmm. from other things. Uh, and there's a healthy respect for that fact and an acknowledgement that it is a net win for everybody if we can get through the business and get back to the other business right. that we have to do outside mm -hmm. the meeting. Yeah. Um, so that, that was kind of my big thing was, was just thinking like these are a giant problem in the professional world. But for me personally, at least, I've landed, you know, just by dumb luck in a company where uh, they are handled in a fairly mm -hmm. grown up way. I think the relationship you pointed, well, you didn't point out the relationship. I'll point out the relationship. You just gave me the facts um, <laughs> <laughs> that in your current office culture, people are good at both not copying people on email and not holding meetings when they don't need them. I think both those mm -hmm. things are related because the type of uh, workers who don't think about audience in the same way and would include people just FYI or just in case, but not for a clear purpose, um, they would do that in email and meetings, um, which right. is probably one of the, the easiest things to be cognizant of if um, either you run meetings that, you know, the audience, the participants seem a little off, or you are often invited to meetings where you don't have a clear role. Um, mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah, I um, I can think of I can, I can think of one one meeting I've been invited to that I really I thought was was kind of wasteful mm -hmm. and silly and, for you uh, or at all. <clears throat> um, a little of both, primarily for me, but it was um, I'll, I'll speak as obliquely as I can because sure. you know I haven't I haven't named my company. I'm certainly not going to name the people involved in this. And there was there was definitely a purpose to the meeting, but essentially it was um. A six-hour meeting, or was scheduled oh my to be, goodness. Uh, involving dozens of people, um, both in the room and uh, via conference call, you know, from other conference rooms, um, walking through a long list of items, um, a certain a certain section of which would pertain to, to in theory, everybody in sure. the room. Like, everyone would have a few items on this list of many hundreds. Uh, and we were just kind of going through the whole thing as a group looking for, you know, unresolved issues or questions that hadn't been answered, mm -hmm. et cetera. Um, and that one, that one, you know, it kind of stuck, sticks out because it's the only example of this I can think of. But in theory, everyone in the room, anyone in the room could have thought of something, a question to be answered, an unresolved issue with any of the items on the list. And that was kind of the mm -hmm. idea. And some of the items even that belong to a certain group might touch another group. 
So again, mm-hmm. that's that's you know kind of the idea is we're all going to look at this together as a group holistically. The problem was in practice, ninety nine percent of it had nothing to do with ninety nine percent of the people yeah. in the room. You know, it, it's like I I had. Um, I think I remember which ones they were. If not, I'm very close. Um, I had three items on the list. They were numbers 416, 417, and 418. Uh, which we would have gotten to around like 2 in the afternoon after beginning at 9 in the morning. Um, Luckily for me, uh, uh, one of the higher-ups in my management chain intervened and kicked several of us out of the meeting after the first break and said, you really don't need to sit through all this. I'll handle your part when Mm -hmm. it comes up, which I, I thought was... You know, a, a brilliant manager move of, you know, taking on the burden of sitting mm-hmm. in this thing. Um, and also, also she was somebody who would have probably more intelligent things to say about more of it than I would. Because, you know, she's higher up. She has a bigger chunk of the organization mm-hmm. that she understands. Um, so mm-hmm. anyways, but that's that's an, one example of, like, I, I don't have a clear role here. I do have a clear role here. I don't have a clear role in most of the next six hours, sure. though. Um, that was also the meeting I was thinking of a week or so ago when I said, like, you know, when I'm in a meeting, <laughs> very often flipping around to my planner, like, reorganizing and mm-hmm. making notes to myself and checking off things I've done that I've got. No, to that makes off. sense in that yeah. context. Yeah, yeah, in thinking about prep for this conversation, unfortunately, I, I thought of uh, many horror stories, um, examples of meetings gone wrong. They did not have a purpose, let alone an agenda. Um, -hmm. (laughs) at, uh, one meeting I'm thinking of in particular, the organization that I was working for had received a federal grant and Mm -hmm. our contact person, uh, the person who had oversight for this project and how we would carry out the grant, um, we would have these (laughs) very long, very exhausting, uh, uh, what do you call it, teleconference calls, um, <laughs> during which the contact would basically um, think out loud about his vision for what the project could be, um, <laughs> but not giving enough space or time for the people in the room who actually had expertise in <laughs> the things he was talking about Um not giving the time or space for them to um, clarify what's possible and what is common, what is, you know, best practice Mm -hmm. and all these different things. Um, And then the meeting would end before three hours later, it would end before the people (laughs) in the room could get to their lists of questions that they had come up with Mm -hmm. between Mm -hmm. that meeting and the previous one when they tried to do the work Mm -hmm. and couldn't because they didn't have enough clarity from this person. Right. So, um, three hours of everyone's lives sucked away at a time. Um, <laughs> how, how frequently were the, like, and you're saying three hours, is that, is that a funny exaggeration? Or is no, that, that is average. Like that. And was that, was that a set, like you got an invitation for a meeting that was like 2 PM to 5 PM? Like, was that the, the expectation set out at the beginning or did they just end up going for three um, hours? Kind of both from what I remember, it would be. 1 p.m. meeting, don't book anything else for the day. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because even oh, our yeah. our manager, our the, the person with the most power in the room, mm-hmm. either would do or wouldn't do or couldn't do anything to sort of stop this steamroller of a person <laughs> on these mm. calls. Um, and yeah. is it, was, was that, just, just so I'm kind of understanding the situation, was that because... 
the person on the other end of the call, like, you know, is, is there a purse string issue here? Like, was the person on the other end of the call somebody that could, like, yank the grant money away or, or what have yeah, you? Yeah, the, and some of it, you know, is sort of gray area. It's, this is what we sense versus this is how we know this to be. So in theory, yes, the person could have at any point um, said, okay, based on this uh, probation period, you have not met the the expectations of the grant. You don't get the funding mm-hmm. for next year. Um, mm-hmm. So because of that, our topmost leader would would never want to step on the toes or change the opinion of this person, even if what they were mm-hmm. saying was not feasible, feasible, possible, mm-hmm. um, in keeping with norms in the field or. Um, <laughs> Or just physics. Yeah, yeah. Like none of it was lining up and yet um, the person would not sort of intervene and correct. The person was very kind mm-hmm. and was very uh, uh, energetic and sort of idealistic mm-hmm. about the project, which is great. But mm-hmm. again, um, could not be brought down to a practical level to actually make plans. So, sure. So what ended up happening was we as an organization – uh, sort of made plans separately and proposed them when we could s- sneak into that com- that monologue that would go on during the phone calls. Um, and the person would energetically agree that that sounded great and keep doing that. By the yeah. way, I was thinking about something that could be really cool. <laughs> Wouldn't it be neat if... Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was wild. Yeah. Um. Yeah, thinking about uh, some some older examples from from my own repertoire of meetings, I can think of times when I've done something similar to what you're describing. You um, did that to other people. Uh, yes, not quite to that extreme. Um, That's surprising. I don't think I ever spent three. I don't think I ever spent three hours musing out loud about <laughs> what would be really great. <laughs> um, but just thinking about like you know um, when when uh, as a volunteer with. Uh, you know, the, the not-for-profit Nebraska mm-hmm. that, that we both were with for a long time. Um, I got to some fairly senior positions in that organization, and I ran a lot of meetings, some of them very well, some of them very poorly. Um, you know, I have things I'm very proud of with my meetings there, like, for instance, at, at the annual seminar that was this this organization's reason for existence. Um, I, you know, when I became one of the, the leaders of the, the entire event, one of the first things that I tried to do and you know over the course of, of my time there I think we did a good job of was there was sort of an all hands staff meeting at the end mm-hmm. of every night kind of reviewing what had gone on that day and what was coming up and we got those down from like an hour to 15 mm-hmm. minutes you know uh, at least once everybody showed up 15 minutes sometimes <laughs> right. that took a while uh-huh. to get all 40 people in Wrangled. the room um yeah exactly but uh, there are other things, you know, planning meetings and things where I, I have been pretty bad about, you know, being the visionary and, you know, being just musing out loud about, oh, you know, wouldn't it be great if we got such and such mm-hmm. to do this? And, you know, what a coup that would be. And how about we think about throwing this entire thing that we've always done away <laughs> and do this, mm-hmm. you know, just thinking out loud and subjecting people to that. Now, I, again, I don't think I ever did that for three hours. Right. But, and without actually uh, incorporating the other people in the room into the conversation. <laughs> right. Is right. it a monologue or yeah, is luckily, it a conversation? It, yeah. It was, it was a pretty loud group. <laughs> so generally somebody eventually would, would you know, shout out True. some pushback. But yeah, mm-hmm. anyhow. Um, yeah, that's, that's kind of, that's crazy making. Um, 
Whew. Yeah. <laughs> How often were these? Um, at least once a month, but approaching deadlines maybe more frequently. Um, and sometimes I could get out of them. That position was only part-time, but there was very much um, a push to get people's schedules coordinated such that mm-hmm. you could never get out of these things. <laughs> so even though there were yeah. multiple people in in my same position, for whatever reason, as many of us who could be there had to be there just in mm-hmm. case. Mm-hmm. But, but the just in case was never articulated. And that's, right. I think, something I've been thinking about is I feel like that's one of the easiest ways to sort of trim the fat from, from bad meetings is what is really necessary to get done what we'd like to get done. Um, one thing, I can't remember if I've heard you say this too or if it's just um, colleagues of mine, um, but one of the worst feelings I know for a lot of my colleagues is, as many of them say, going to a meeting that should have been an email. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I had a tweet, of a pair of tweets maybe. I can't remember if it was one or two recently. Um, I'll try to link it up in show notes for the exact wording. But it was it was basically to the effect of like, um, it wasn't it wasn't meetings per se, but it was about things that shouldn't be email. Hmm. Um, and I said in essence, like if you if you can't be bothered to put a subject line on it, it's not an email. It's a text message oh, to send it as I a like text that. message. Or if this is likely to produce or has produced three rounds of replies, this isn't an email. It's a slow phone conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but that second one, I think, is is getting more towards this. Like there are. You know, a meeting a meeting that involves like you dumping a little bit of information out into mm-hmm. the group and everybody in the group giving a couple sentences of feedback and then a consensus emerging, mm-hmm. you know, that might be handled as mm-hmm. an email. You know, if there's not a lot of back and forth, that could probably be an email. Um, status meetings, that's one that Merlin calls out in, in the talk that we, we talked about at the mm-hmm. top of the show. Um, if it's just a meeting for you to sort of tick off what's going on with the project or whatever is happening and, you know, field questions on a weekly basis, that should probably be an mm-hmm. email, you know, unless it's a really hot project and there's always a yeah. lot of questions. And I could see too, one of the other, and he might mention this, um, in the talk, but it may just be a series of one-on-ones also, you know, if a particular mm-hmm. oh, person yeah, or sure. small group are probably all Mm going to have the same questions, then stopping by that area of the building or whatever might cover it. Um, Yeah, for sure. mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah, I um, I just keep thinking about three hours. I know, and I was like, I don't don't yet again want this to be the show where we complain about how bad we all are at stuff because Mm -hmm. there is is light at the end end of this tunnel. Um, Yeah, there are really good meetings. I'm involved in a project right now at work that um, our particular work group, the subject that we're working on, um, has its own project manager. It's actually a very Mm -hmm. big project. There's a lot of project managers involved. And uh, and our project manager sometimes gets a little frustrated with our group because there's a couple fairly loud, rambunctious, you know, goof off and hang out Mm -hmm. kind of people. Um, But it's kind of a fun meeting because it's a little bit chaotic and... Uh, but the project manager is also very good and keeps us enough on topic that we get to everything on mm-hmm. the agenda and we settle the issues and, you know, we do surface questions we need to ask the vendors. And, you know, it's, it's, it is possible to have, without being a micromanager or a dictator, mm-hmm. 
Um, although I don't think being a dictator in a meeting is bad <laughs> in all cases. You are you're talking about wasting people's time if you if you let somebody uh, dominate or or um, monologue mm -hmm. too much. But uh, it's possible to have you know great meetings, meetings that are both fun and mm -hmm. productive. Yeah, when you're talking about. Um how that can be sort of fun when when people are a little ran those rambunctious people are you know sort of chatting or whatever um mm -hmm. I'm thinking about the difference between a meeting where you've where you walk away and realize that no one was like the the mood was tense enough that no one ever laughed the entire meeting you know mm -hmm. no, everything sure. was tense, everything was whatever for a variety of reasons um yeah, that's not a good feeling. Whereas you, mm -mm, no. if sometime during the meeting you were reminded that you like these people you work with and you believe in the work that you're doing, you know, and like mm -hmm. you've, you've just enjoyed that, that time touching base. Like mm -hmm. that's a wonderful yeah. sign and a wonderful feeling. Well, and in contrast to what you're talking about with the, with the, the three hour marathon phone calls, um, the feeling that you're empowered enough to speak up or crack a joke. Yes. Yes. No, that's a much better way to say that. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's, that's huge. Yeah. Um, so I, <laughs> I hate to even ask, cause I think the answer is probably going to be, well, I eventually left that job, <laughs> but what was the resolution of this? Like, like did, um, did you guys get through a probationary period to where you actually, you were like solidly in or did the, the projects run their course and then this guy went away or did you just eventually leave and <laughs> somebody was still having to sit in these, in these God awful think out yeah. loud sessions? You know, what's funny is, um, I did leave before the entire period of the grant was over. Um, so as far as I know, we continued to receive the funding and we continued mm -hmm. to have that person as the point person. Um, but after I left, obviously I stopped seeing the product. Right. I saw some of the product. Faustian bargain if I've ever heard one. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, uh, so I mean the thing got done and it was good for what it was, but looking mm -hmm. back, what feels, um, and sad's not the right word because I don't even know that I should be sapping any more emotional energy into that job, <laughs> you know, years later. Um, yeah. But yeah. it's just sad. I can't think of a better word. It's just sad to think of how cool that project could have been and how much better we could have leveraged that funding if we had had a supportive person um, mm -hmm. being our point person. Because that person, mm -hmm. uh, as we've mentioned, if you have the power, you're driving the bus. Um you know, right. Sort of like what we mentioned, right. and now I'm bringing in Merlin's language um, mm -hmm. about if you're the if you're running the meeting, um, he talks about being the bus driver and being the parent. You know, that thing is your responsibility. You don't let other people drive it, or <laughs> I guess you don't let the kid go all unruly. Um, if you want something done about it, you need to fix it. You need to step in and say, "Okay, folks, we're off topic," or right. um, "Okay, we have an issue." Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the, the thing that kind of thinking about it, you know, when you said just now, like how cool this project could mm -hmm. have been, um, having a visionary on the line to share creative ideas and, and, you know, visualize ideal scenes with you is not a bad thing if you want something to come out mm -hmm. really cool. Um, but I think the, the, the problem comes in, in in sort of two ways. If I'm understanding how these calls went down, there's there's two things that went wrong. Number one is he would just muse out loud about his mm -hmm. ideas. 
Um, I've been saying he. Did you say he, by I the did. way, or were you yeah. using a generic? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I don't, I don't want to necessarily, you know, castigate men who, as we know, are a, a, a deeply oppressed stereotype you minority. But uh, <laughs> uh, anyhow, he would, he would muse about his mm-hmm. ideas for three, for three hours is what I'm hearing from you. Not he would bounce ideas off you guys and you would give feedback and he would modify his and you would have ideas and he would give his, right. you know. There wasn't give and take. There wasn't a synergy there. Like, he didn't leave any room to create something mm-hmm. together um, was was one problem. And the other problem is, uh, and this is maybe the bigger one, um, is that these were all just, like, airy-fairy ideas. Mm-hmm. Like, this was, this was visualizing some ideal scene without any real respect to, um, as you said, like, what is mm-hmm. possible? What are the best practices? What are the norms, you know, for, for this industry, for this mm-hmm. journal, for this whatever? Um and and I think both of those are, you know, having, again, having a visionary on the line for a couple hours to muse with is fine, helpful mm-hmm. even. Um, there's something that David Allen says that I like a lot with regard to meetings. He doesn't have a lot to say about meetings, but one thing he says that I think is pretty powerful, um, and in keeping with, with the Merlin talk we, we link to, um, is that meetings shouldn't begin without a specific idea of what the desired outcome mm-hmm. of the meeting is. Um, and, like, you know... Not not to the point of knowing, like, we're here to answer this question and this is the answer we want to come to. But, you know, just we're here to answer this question or we're here to solve this problem or we're here to build camaraderie. Like, whatever the mm-hmm. outcome is, you have that outcome before mm-hmm. you begin. Uh, and secondly, you don't end until everyone agrees what's the next action and who's got mm-hmm. it. Um, in essence, it's just the two, the two questions that are, you know, all of David Allen's work and getting things done. <laughs> You're kidding. What's the desired outcome? <laughs> yeah, what's the desired outcome and what's the next right. action? Um, but I think, I think it's right. And I think that's the problem, you know, the bigger problem, even than the fact that it was, he was musing about his ideas and not sharing with you guys. Cause again, he controlled the money. Mm-hmm. So to a certain extent, that's, if not best practice, at least, you know, his right. Um, but the fact that he also wouldn't ground it in, in physicality and say, okay, so if we're going to do that, what are you guys going to need to do? What do you need right. from me? Right. Yeah. It was almost as if he, he made himself not the person that we needed you know, he would propose an idea for which he had no, no expertise and no, um, sort of experience that would help us do it anyway. Um, Mm -hmm. but then wouldn't let us think out loud about how we could do it for sure. Right. Right. Yeah. What's, what's this going to actually take to do? Um, yes, that's a great idea, sir, but, um, it would take 10 times as much Mm -hmm. as the grant money you're giving us. We would need three times as much staff. Right. The, the humans in this room, especially considering the length of this meeting, cannot do it. <laughs> yeah. No, I appreciate what you brought up from uh, David Allen. Um, so Merlin talks about edges as one of the important features of, of good meetings. Um, and he means a couple different things. He means, for instance, that you know when the meeting is supposed to start and you have at least a mm-hmm. rough idea of when it will end so that... Like I mentioned, mm-hmm. you have that light at the end of the tunnel. Um, right. But also, to me, um, purpose and some of the other things he talks about also fall into that idea of edges. Because what I, what I kept mm-hmm. thinking as you were talking was, how do you know when the meeting's done? And all mm-hmm. these things help you determine that. Well, if you haven't right. determined your next action items or what you want to have done by the next meeting, say, if it's a standing meeting, um, then okay, we're not done yet, and we need to use whatever time and resources are left to 
mm-hmm. uh, identify those next actions. Um, if we've already done that, but people are still very stressed out and need to chat for a couple minutes before we go back to our offices or wherever we're going, that can be fine too if that's what's needed. You know, is the meeting right. done yet? Do we all have we all done what we need to do? Yeah, I mean, if you walk in with an agenda that's got seven items on it and you're on item seven and all of them have, you know, who's got the next step and what is it? Or, you know, the answers to whatever questions you all came together to answer written down and there's 30 minutes left and people want to BS and shoot the breeze, you know, let them, mm-hmm. you, you've got done what you're, but you know, if you're on item two and you've got five <laughs> minutes left, it's probably time to say, Hey mm-hmm. guys, <laughs> we need to focus. Like that's really exciting about your trip to Florida next <laughs> month, but Mm-hmm. we've got some business to do well, here. And that's why I so appreciate that um, in Merlin's talk, he's focusing so much on the person who's responsible for the meeting. Yeah, you should follow the etiquette as a participant of somebody else's meeting. But if you're mm-hmm. running the show, I, I definitely think that that hit the nail on the head for me in terms of frustration with meetings was um, – I can sense an issue, but I don't feel it's my place because it's not my meeting to be the driver and get things back on track. Um, so right. what message would I, would I be making things tense and, and awful if I tried to do that when the driver doesn't do it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and to some extent, like the way, like the ways that you could even do that tactfully mm-hmm are limited if that driver, if, if whoever has set the meeting, has not done their job. If you have an agenda that you got ahead of time and you have sitting in front of you, either because they handed you a copy or you printed one out or mm-hmm. you you know jotted some notes before you came in, um, you know, we talk about a lot of the advantages of having an agenda uh, and, and the fact that you're wasting people's time if, if you don't. But one thing that empowers everybody in the group to do is, you know, whether you've got a formal timekeeper or not, whether or not the person driving the meeting's paying attention or not, you as a participant can say, hey, you know, that's, haha, very funny. But uh, I did have a question on this next ball yes. here. You mm-hmm. know, you have, you have something to hang a, an interjection of the actual purpose of the mm-hmm. meeting on if you've got an agenda. That's one of the disadvantages if you don't have an agenda, though, is, you know, not only can you not play timekeeper, mm-hmm. but nobody else can help you. Like, of course they're wandering off into the weeds. You haven't given them. You haven't given them yeah. a map. So to to bridge to my uh, real life example. Um, <laughs> yes, because these so far have been made up. <laughs> well, then also I was like, I have a real life. Go me. Um, <laughs> Katie's concerned. <laughs> Katie's concerned. Um, just thinking about um, so one thing that has not been a part of um, the writing center staff culture, you could say is regular meetings, um, mm-hmm. but there have been so many um, stalled projects and confusion and me sending way too, e- way too many emails that will never be read. Um, sure. Which I knew, I knew was being a problem. I knew that it was a problem as it was happening, but there was literally nothing else to do about it. I couldn't get everybody mm-hmm. together um, in the middle of, the, of a busy semester. Um, It just wasn't happening. But this year we are um, instituting, um, I'm hoping, weekly meetings. Um, And part of it is some of that stuff you're talking about where um, I want everyone to have an official opportunity to process some of the stuff that just either wasn't getting processed or it was being passed up to me. So it was always my job to do it. 
um, mm-hmm. things like debriefing from how consult regular consultations are going. Um, you know, if there were issues, I might talk to people about them individually when I was around the center and people would say, Oh, Katie, this thing happened. Can I talk to you about it? Um, but even then, if there was wisdom to be gleaned from that experience, if I wanted to relay that to everybody else and say, Hey, don't know if you all heard about this thing that happened to so-and-so, but here's my take on it. You know, it would be like a newsletter from me. Um, so I never did it. <laughs> I recognized her. Katie's Ooh. corner. It's like, it's like, this would be awful. But so there was no venue for that. Um, Mm -hmm. so now I'm hoping that this is going to be an automatic space where, like you said, people have, um, the excuse and the venue to talk about some of that stuff. Um, it just doesn't Mm -hmm. always have to be processed through me. I don't always have to be the vehicle for that stuff. Um, they can bring it up to the group themselves now. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I'm optimistic about this burgeoning Mm -hmm. meeting culture. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. indeed. Um, are you are you planning for this? Uh, are you going to have a formal agenda every week that you send out at a certain time? And well, yeah, probably. I mean, if I said no, would you say, "Well, that's silly, Katie. We're not. That's what we're talking about." Pretty mm-hmm. much. Um, <laughs> that's that's mm-hmm. silly, Katie. This is what we're talking oh, about. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think, and the reason why I was sort of hedging, it's like, yes, there will be. I think some of the items, at least, I'm thinking about the first one in particular. Um, it'll mm-hmm. be the sort of regular stuff that I think will always be part of the meeting. So um, answering any logistical questions. That was another thing was there would be... The, the reading of the minutes, <laughs> old you business, betcha. new business. Um, no more like I would answer the same question individually for all the staff that if one person asks that the meeting will be able to get through. So for instance, Mm -hmm. um, the timekeeping system, like the, the, the timekeeping system that payroll uses, um, to clock everyone's hours, um, is extremely finicky and there are often unique problems. (laughs) I mean, literally unique, not just the same sort of bugs again and again that have set workarounds that you should always turn to, but, Sometimes goofy stuff will just happen. Um, Katie, my time card time card says I clocked in at twenty seven oh three. That's not a time. <laughs> yes, um, in in Febutober. Um, I'm not sure what it means. <laughs> I'm not sure if I've changed the language setting. I just I don't know. Um, but often, you know, it will change to Febutober for more than one person. So if I have them all in the same room, I can, we can look at it together, look at the screen and say, nope, this is, this is not (laughs) just one of you doing something weird. Like I need to contact someone, um, Mm -hmm. you know, so it'll be some things like that. So just logistical contact it and introduce them to the calendar. Can't blame it. I think it's anyway, whole other thing. Yeah. So some of it will be regular sort of, um, you know, staff issues, just things having to do with this mm-hmm. being a paid position. Um, sure. Debriefing from consultations that week, um, sharing good moments and helpful strategies and uh, mm-hmm. talk about any issues if there is, if anyone needs help, if they were to have a similar situation again in the future, you know, stuff like sure. that. So, so more, more of a, a weekly scheduled forum, but with, with like recurrent topics, like, 
here's the here's the agenda, but these are the agenda items. I yeah, so I think those then, will be on there. Um, the other thing that just really has not been possible without this as a structure is the creation and, and maintenance and ongoingness of projects. So um, <laughs> before this year, basically, um, any sort of anything outside of the realm of keeping the door open and keeping people paid um, that we wanted to get done as a group, I basically had to do it or spearhead it and catch people in, in certain windows of time at just the right moment in order to delegate some of it. Um, but even delegation was really hard um, for a variety of reasons. But with this meeting in place, we will have more of the ongoing um, sort of project management type meetings where, uh, and this could happen in a number of ways, I think. It could be maybe we don't need to meet as the big group for the whole time or even every week, um, but instead the people who are together on a project but who do not work at the same time, because that's the other thing. Um, you may only work with two or three other people the entire week, and you never see the rest of the staff. Um, right. But this official meeting time would allow you to touch in, to, or touch base, check in, um, get the tasks for the next week determined, so that when you are on shift, um, everybody knows what they can be doing on their own. That sort of mm -hmm. thing. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. I like it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so optimistic right now. Um, <laughs> the other thing I'll share, because I think it, it's pertinent to um, things that we've come across and things that we believe about meetings, um, and we've sort of alluded to it already, that a meeting shouldn't, so a meeting shouldn't exist if it doesn't need to exist, right? Could it be a phone call um, or an email or a text? Um, but also, they shouldn't be any longer than they need to be, certainly, um, <laughs> yes, three-hour phone calls should be the ooh, exception, not correct. the rule. Um, so in trying to coordinate for these weekly meetings, um, one of the problems in the past has been just sheer availability, um, trying to identify a single time every week that everyone or almost everyone could even attend a meeting. Um, it was awful. Like, it was, it was a huge puzzle, um, and even just a couple weeks ago when I tried to collect information from my whole staff, um, so uh, 14 people on staff besides myself, um, I offered uh, maybe 20 or 30 hours across the week, Monday through Friday, um, in our blocks, thinking a weekly hour meeting would at least give us the room we needed. And if we didn't always use the whole 60 minutes, that was fine. But I was shooting for an hour as a block um, in case we needed it, just not knowing how this, is, this thing is going to evolve. Um, <laughs> for all these times available, mm -hmm. the most people I could get together at a single point in time was four. <laughs> Out of 14 people, I could only get four in a room wow. at a time. <laughs> and even the different times that also had four people they were always mm -hmm. the same four people. So it's not even like I could break up the staff into chunks and say, fine, we meet for 15 minutes and I meet with three groups. Couldn't even do it. <sighs> Couldn't do it. <laughs> so 
Um, what I tried this week after seeing this and knowing that there had to be, there's got to be a catch somehow. Like this cannot be true. Mm-hmm. How can this be true? Everyone is really already this booked. Um, so then what I did was um, I did another, um, and I was using uh, Doodle, um, a Doodle poll uh, to solicit availability. Um, so I did it again. Um, pretty much the same chunks of time, maybe a few more hours available because I knew more about my schedule and its flexibility. Um, mm-hmm. So sure. maybe 20 or 30 hours across the whole week were available to choose. And just indicating availability. Could you go to a meeting if it was at this time? Uh, this time I did it for half hour chunks. And in the mm-hmm. description, I indicated that this would be um, the start time of a 20 minute weekly meeting. Um, no idea if that language changed anybody's <laughs> definition of available. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, would they be more likely to be available for 20 minutes than an hour? Um, just because they'd rather be available for 20 minutes than for an hour. You know what I <laughs> yeah, mean? I, I, I can't know that. Um, yeah. But so I did that and I have, so 13 of my 14 have responded already and I've got a time. So a weekly possible time where 12 of those 13 could be in one place at one time. Oh, nice. So (laughs) I am am much more relieved um, about that possibility. Yeah. Um, uh, Can I throw in a couple of scheduling hacks here? (laughs) Yeah. uh, I don't don't know. I mean, you're, you know, um, uh, I don't think you said it in this particular talk, but Merlin's talked about like scheduling calls with, with multiple people as being like trying to hit a bullet with a bullet. Um, so I, I realize with 14 people, um, and 14 people who do not like you guys aren't in a company, like this isn't like a place that's open, you know, eight to five. And then there's, there's people working extra mm-hmm. sometimes like, no, you've got, you, you have students, they have classes, they have extracurriculars, they have sometimes other work. Um, they need some time to study, <laughs> You know, there's there's a, a much more complicated situation in a lot of ways. Um, but one thing I would say that, that struck me when you start talking about there being 20 to 30 hours available in the week where meetings would even be possible. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I've, I've heard and I found as well helps is if you're trying to get somebody to schedule something and let you know when they're available, um, sometimes it helps to make your best guess at a very limited number of possible mm-hmm. slots where people will be and say of these, you know, and in your case, again, it's more complicated. You can't just say of these two, like, which is right. best because somebody's going to be going to, going to be cut off there. Um, but you know, of these four, of these five slots, like what works best for you? What could you possibly mm-hmm. make? Um, you know, and check off all that work for you. Uh, I think that's how doodle works, yeah, yeah. but you know, give them, give them a more limited universe of choices. Um, it scheduling one-on-one, this works wonders. Like you can go back and forth on email, you know, or never get a response, <laughs> um, for weeks. If you say like, you know, Hey, what time works for you? But if you say, Hey, is Wednesday or Tuesday better mm-hmm. for you? You're more likely to get like a, Oh, Wednesday, you know? And if you say, well, what time? That's <laughs> not going to be as effective as you say. So, uh, morning or mm-hmm. afternoon, you know? 2 p.m. or 4 p.m. If you can limit the universe of choices, people, I think, are more likely to make Mm -hmm. a choice. Now, in your case, like I said, this 14 people who are also students, that's that's Mm -hmm. tricky. Um, You might have to get all their class schedules first and (laughs) get a rough approximation of what extracurriculars they're in and do a lot of Mm -hmm. pre-sorting to even get to, uh, you know, ones that you know would work. No, I hear you. 
Mm-hmm. But I think the the other hack though that you that you had I think is is the good one. Um, the the really powerful one that will almost always work. Make it shorter mm-hmm. and see who else shows up. Um, <laughs> well, it's almost like the uh, you know consumer approach. If you make it look like it's a discount, then of course it sounds better. <laughs> we always want to think that we're saving something. Um, yeah. Right. Right. Um, and, and one last hack that popped into my head when you said, I don't know why consumer tripped this, but consumer did. Um, so this is, this is a scheduling hack two ways, um, both for, I, in, in a sneaky way for other people, for things like scheduling this meeting you're trying to schedule. Um, but also in a, in a, in a bigger sense, something to keep in mind for yourself. So, um, as humans, we are really bad about, um, we talked before about how we're bad about estimating the time something mm-hmm. will take. Uh, we're also bad at estimating how much time we're going to have or what we're going to be willing to do further out in the future than we are in the near future. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, if I said, hey, could you come do this thing with me next Tuesday for four hours? You're probably going to be like, oh, no, I'm booked up. Um, you know, have to be some other time, even if it sounds like something really great, something you would like to mm-hmm. be a part of. If I were to say... February 24th of next year, could I get you for four hours in the afternoon to do something? You're more likely to say, heck Mm -hmm. yeah, of course I can do that. Um, Because it's further out, like we don't as clearly envision the consequences of it. We're more likely to say yes. Um, We're more likely to sign our future self up to something up for something when that future self is not tomorrow Mm -hmm. um, or even today. So that's, that's one other thing I would say too. Um, If you, and obviously it wouldn't have helped to do this like a year ago because you didn't know who was going to be on staff <laughs> and they didn't know what their schedules right. would be. Mm-hmm. But if you think part of the problem in scheduling is is that they are not willing to commit an hour or 20 minutes or whatever time in between you're trying to get, if you feel like their definition of available has an awful lot of, well, I don't want to do that much time during any of mm-hmm. these slots, um, one one way to get around that might be to to start the meetings a little bit further out right. in the future. Yeah. Because a month from now, they're more likely to commit to something than they are, mm-hmm. you know, next week. Yeah. No, um, and, and on all of these, I'm totally with you. And in other areas, I do practice those things. Um, the way I'm thinking about it with this particular group, because, um, you know, this is a position I took over um, informally a year and a half ago and formally last year. Um, mm-hmm. There are so many shifts going on that that what I mm-hmm. think will happen is once we get into some sort of routine this year, next year I will propose it as the tentative mandatory thing. So, for instance, sure. it's looking like um, Thursdays sometime over the, the lunch hour are going to be the best time. So then what will probably happen is next year I propose that same time and find out how many people can't do it, and that's my, my starting point. Um, I present it as this is when the weekly meeting happens just on the off chance that that's a big deal. Can you raise your hand if you can't do it? No. Okay, perfect. Mm -hmm. Let's continue doing that. (laughs) You know, (laughs) because that's what I kept thinking about was there and there's just so much information. It is. I I keep using the analogy of, you know, it's a big puzzle. I've got all these puzzle pieces I have to arrange just so. Mm -hmm. Um, So I keep thinking about other groups on campus um, that have for years met at exact the same, exactly the same time on the same day of the week. Um, Mm -hmm. and I keep thinking, it's like, well, I, we need to have one of those times carved out. How did those groups carve out that time? Like 
how did they get to say, no, this is when it happens. And if you can't be here, you can't be in the group, you know, like, <laughs> right. Well, I think you just, I think you just hit upon part of mm -hmm. it is uh, a lot of those groups probably at some point did mm -hmm. say that. And I don't know if you can or not. Like, I don't know if you've got like work study students that you're just kind of saddled with or, or if you actually have some say in who's, who's in and who's out. Um, I don't know what your recruitment is like, but I think for a lot of groups that have that kind of thing, like if you're going to be in choir, you are going to make these practices. Right. This is you when know, we if practice. You're going to, mm -hmm. Right. If you're going to be in computer club, <laughs> you know, we, we meet 8 p.m. on Tuesdays every week while school is in session except for mm -hmm. dead week, you know, so. So tough cookies. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the rule. Mm -hmm. You show up. Um, you're being a campus employer might complicate that, but I think that might be, that might be worth a shot. Mm -hmm. You know, I did also, I really like your idea of like, you have, you get them all there once and then say, okay, who doesn't this work for next week? Great. This is the right. weekly meeting, mm -hmm. you know, get them, get them to do one and then they're stuck. Yeah. <laughs> it's a trick. <laughs> it's a trick. Yes. Um, yeah. but I, yeah, I think it's where it has to be. If I get it right once, then that's the standard. If it works, then it's the standard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, while we were talking, I did, I thought of one more meeting trick that I like a lot. Um, it, it is also kind of a best practice from project management. So you may have heard this before, but um, it's one of the few meeting tips that Merlin did not include in this talk, I don't think. So I, I think it's worth throwing in. Um, so we have some very original material. <laughs> um, and I think also it might have, it might have saved um, some of the awful three hour mm. meeting situation you were in. Um, if for no other reason than it would have grounded it a little bit. And uh, if not, it, it, you know, it wouldn't have been pushback necessarily, but it might have put the reality of the situation in the face of the guy who was doing it. Um, but that is to follow up every meeting as soon as possible, not necessarily with minutes per se. I mean, depending on your structure and the requirements of your organization, you might have to have formal minutes, but follow up with an email to everyone involved that very quickly bullet points what you talked mm -hmm. about and what actions were decided on and who is doing them by yeah. when. And send that to everyone who is in the room and anybody else who mm -hmm. needs to know. Um, the reason I like that is, and I, I have not always been great about doing it, but I've done it a few times and I like it for several reasons. One is uh, it creates at least a tacit buy-in from everybody that this is what was said and decided mm -hmm. at the meeting. Because if nobody, I mean, you know, sure, a lot of them probably just didn't read it, glazed over, put it in a folder, let it pile up in their thousand email inbox. Gross. Um, but anybody who doesn't respond and say, actually, that's not what I heard. Yeah. Has tacitly agreed to the group that this is what went on mm -hmm. in the meeting. You know, silence means you're okay with this. The other thing it does is it also makes sure that everyone agrees with what was decided about who's doing what. So you have a little more accountability for mm -hmm. the future. Um, and in the case of your guy who like, who liked to muse and dream for three hours, uh, <laughs> there'd be nothing to say you, in that email. <laughs> yeah. The email would, would probably be either really long or completely empty, but if you could pick out like, you know, we talked about a lot, but here's three big themes I kind of see emerging from the things you were suggesting. And here's some thoughts about what we're going to have to do to accomplish it. And just a quick back of the napkin, like what that would cost or what that mm -hmm. would mean. Um, you know. Uh, 
And maybe some statement to the effect of, you know, you'd have to be very politic with how you said this, but like, you know, we haven't, you know, we didn't in the course of the call settle on who's going to do any of this or how. Yes. So maybe next time we can talk about some practical next steps. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also sort of sort of pre 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 agendize pre propose. You you can pre propose topics that might go on to the mm-hmm. next agenda. Uh, and again, it might not have worked with him, but it would be a way to say, like, we are listening to what you say. Yes. We value this input you've given us. Um, and we're trying to do something with it. We're trying Please to do something with do it. Something and with here, it. Here's, here's the places where we need your help still to do something Absolutely. with it. Absolutely. Um, you know, and he might have gotten that back a few times and said, you know what, I'm, I'm you know, this is too many ideas. You guys aren't going to be able to do them all. Mm-hmm. Um, or he might have gotten them back and it might have inspired even more. Who knows? But... <laughs> I, I do think for a lot of people, when they see what they've actually asked mm-hmm. for um, and what they've agreed to, uh, too, you know, not for this mm-hmm. guy, but just in general, um, I think that I think that helps everybody, you know, actually follow through on what they agreed to in the meeting and also go into the next meeting with a better understanding of how they're going to be expected to play and what they can expect to take away from it. Yeah. With that guy, we would not want it to turn into a three hour email. No, oh, oh, no. I don't want to know uh, yeah. what that. Yeah, in his would case, be. that might he might have been uh, beyond salvage. Yes, um, three hour meeting yeah. or a encyclopedic email. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. This this uh, this meeting should have been a book. <laughs> no, it shouldn't have. This meeting <laughs> does not exist. <laughs> well, it could have been one of those academic books that literally no one, including other academics, actually wah, reads. Wah. That's the worst kind. Mm-hmm. Um, which I want to be clear to any academic listeners. I'm not saying it's all academic books. Just you know, those ones. <laughs> Present company excluded. Uh, I uh, that's one thing I always enjoyed at the university bookstore was um, browsing the nonfiction aisles that were like about half nonfiction bestsellers from you know the real world of book selling. Mm-hmm. And about half of them, you know, very similar looking books that were from various university presses Mm -hmm. and where it was very clear a lot of them had been on the shelves for a long Mm -hmm. time. Yeah. Or were just copies of the institution's faculty's books, regardless Mm -hmm. of how well they've ever sold. They just carry them to carry them. Yeah. Well, the reason I brought up various university presses is I understand why you would carry your own universities, whether they're bestsellers or never Mm -hmm. sellers. Um, Because it's, you know, that's your guy. That's Mm -hmm. the home team. Got to root for the home team, even when they sports suck. ball, sports ball. Woo! Nailed it. I think this meeting's over. Uh, adjourned. Adjourned. Gavel, gavel, gavel. <laughs> Title. You have been listening to Priority. Once again, for complete show notes, or if you'd like to send us feedback via email or subscribe to the show, visit us on the web at priority.fm. If you enjoyed the program today, please go to iTunes and leave us a positive rating and review, as that will help new listeners find the show. Also, if you're interested in getting updates or communicating with us via tweets, follow us on Twitter, where we are at PriorityFM. That's at P-R-I-O-R-I-T-Y-F-M. Thanks again for listening.
<laughs> now we can now we can quit. <laughs> That's how we know uh, when we're done. If we've reached a title. <laughs> I mean, content schmontent. Uh, I mean, that's like the agenda item, you know, the main agenda item is do we have oh, a title? Yeah. That's right. Max and Katie do meetings. Uh, good stuff. I think that yeah, went okay. I think so, too.